Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Well, hey, Tara, welcome to another week of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. How are you doing today? I'm always good, Chris. How about you? I am just fantastical. I am in the middle of moving <laughs> here, so uh, my studio here is one of the last things I'm tearing down, and I am all surrounded by boxes. So I am glad I don't have any nightmares uh, or you know against box monsters because I wouldn't oh, be able God. to sleep in my house tonight. <laughs> I don't envy you, but I admire what you're doing. I did my move last year, and man, it was a mess. It was so much work. I don't. Oh, bless your heart. Y- you know, it's funny, you, you accumulate so much stuff and, and you're, you know, I mean, some of it we're getting rid of and, and others just like, well, yeah, I remember now I remember I have that or, you know, I've made many discoveries today of things that I had but <laughs> forgotten about. So it's amazing uh, the things that maybe oh, I'll get well, some more use out of them. Amazing what you'll store away and then you realize, oh, my God, I could totally use that or what the hell did I keep that for? Yeah. It's and then amazing. there's the boxes of stuff that just, you know, I mean, you don't want to get rid of it because it's keepsakes or memories or yeah. photos or stuff but it's not necessarily something you're going to look at all the time so right uh, it's like packing that up storage to yeah i remember to the was, archives to the ar- yes <laughs> i know I, I drove my real estate agent crazy when he convinced me to um when he convinced me to finally move and sell my house and i hope he's right. listening right now um he didn't tell me to not pack right he, <laughs> he told me my house will sell quick but i'm like bam we're gonna right. pack we're packing everything I had a three bedroom, one bath house and he brings the guy in to do the professional photos. And he's like, what's wrong with that bedroom? I was like, well, it's my storage <laughs> room now. And he's like, what are you doing? Like packing my yeah. house. And that is the storeroom. That is, that's how I'm going to move out. And he's like, right. Oh my God. So he's like, I guess we're going to picture this as a two bedroom home and we'll just list it as three. And you could feel he, I think he wanted to throat punch me that day. I don't think he'd ever fess <laughs> up to that, but I'm pretty sure he didn't, he was not my fan that day. And we've known each other yeah. for 20 years, but that day he well, learned something new about me. <laughs> Moving is always a challenge, and uh, you know I've done it enough times. I've kind of got it down to a system, but it's uh, it's never fun no. no matter what. So no, and, and then, oh the, the kid and if you, your kids aren't old enough, they're really not that helpful. They're more like oh no, the, the, the kids have been fantastic. My daughter's had oh, her good. room packed up for like two months now. She's <laughs> when, when she's her ready new to room go. Was constructed. <laughs> oh yeah, she's <laughs> she's ready to go. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, my son got his stuff packed up today, and and he's been really helpful bringing stuff up and down and. <laughs> Um, you know, just doing little odds and end things and, you know, going around and just doing all the little things you need to do before you move out. So, I mean, this is the first move that we've done that they've really been kind of old enough to help, which has been pretty nice. So yeah. I'll have them this weekend and, uh, I'm definitely going to put them to work. Yeah. I know with, um, I use movers, Dustin and Robin had just chimed in and Dustin said, use movers. And it's like, I use movers and I had that scheduled down to a T I'm a project manager. I had that yeah. down to the last second. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I was four hours overdue minimum four hours overdue. Do you know? Yeah. What, and I had a discount because this was, these were friends of ours that were moving us that own a moving company here in Wichita. Right. And Oh my gosh, my, I was over, I think, uh, I was either three or $400 over budget on my move on the, mm-hmm. on the mover side of it. And it's like, Oh God yeah. dang it. Thanks to my closing. That was so great. Mm-hmm. 
but well uh, we our our uh, deal went a little bit over budget so i originally planned on getting movers and i decided to go the cheap route at the end so i've got a u-haul i'm picking up on friday and uh, we're going to do the old self-move thing so I, you know oh it, it shouldn't God. be too bad it's uh you know the more stuff you can put in the boxes the faster the actual move part goes so that's the theory uh -huh. we've been going off of so it's, yeah. it's not fun, but it's got to be done. And you've got a beautiful Absolutely. house to move into. Those pictures are yeah, gorgeous. I, I can't wait. It's it's going to be super awesome. awesome. That so. is so great. Has it been the the dream project you thought it would be, building your own home? Uh, it, it's definitely been interesting. I, I really didn't know what to expect going into it, but they want you to make a lot of decisions, and uh, basically every decision you make adds money to it. And, <laughs> and that's, you know, you just come to accept that after a while, and it's just part of the process. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, I mean, they definitely have it down to a science, and um, you know everybody was really great from you know the star lumber where you go pick the floors out to the electrical nice. uh, place that you go pick out the appliances and, and all the lights and everything. So, uh, yeah, it's really been been a, a really awesome process, and uh, you know it's been a little stressful at times dealing with the mortgage and you know all that kind of stuff. So, nice. um, but yeah, it's definitely worth the hassle. So it's worth the hassle. <laughs> you know me i like the easy button i don't like anything to be you know a pain in the butt and no, there are definitely does. parts of that process that are a pain in the butt so oh yeah I've, I've watched you go through it and well it looks like fun but it also looks like a lot of thought a lot of yeah well it was uh i mean you know i'm an engineer right so i can't just do stuff <laughs> i gotta think about it and that was part of the curse right <laughs> was trying to visualize how it was all going to work but it was really cool because I, I got to go into different houses and see the layouts. And so I picked the layout that I liked and then kind of tweaked it from there and then picked colors from other houses. So that made it a lot easier. Definitely would uh, recommend that if anybody's going to do that process. So. Oh, I still recommend movers. And I'm getting texts that said you should have you should have hired movers. You didn't budget well. Somebody, I've yeah, got my real estate agent just texted me said you should have hired him if you needed movers. He'd have, he'd have kept you in budget. <laughs> yeah, these people don't know me. I do everything the hard way. He does. He does, folks. I'm telling yeah. you, we've I've I've been his I've, I've been in his beck and call for that reason because he does things the hard way. But uh, it's a great challenge. Lots of great experience. Yeah, I've developed so, so much under you. With that, let's go to the newsroom. <laughs> This is the newsroom. Newsroom, what do you got? Oh, what have we got? Uh, let's see. We got, uh, you've got the first oh. thing here, tax the rich. So For I know you're very bucks. passionate. You're very, very passionate about this. And uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> what, do you, what have you got to say about this? So I guess we should tell everybody what it is first, right? Well, pull that. Can you pull that link up so people can yeah, see? Yeah, give me a second here. I'll get it up. So I'll get it up on the screen here. I'm trying to limit. I mean, we had we had a pre-podcast discussion to try to limit the amount of politics that are going on because it's it's hurting everybody. <laughs> it's a trigger, no matter which side you're on. But this. Well, I in, fact, not, in fact, you misunderstood me, right? Because <laughs> I uh, you thought I said no politics, <laughs> I and I said I like, try and got, keep it to a dull roar. I got nothing to work with if I have no politics. Come on. <laughs> So I couldn't resist this. I'm like, if he doesn't like this, he's just going to have to hate me for about 10 minutes. But um, everybody's a big fan of AOC, right? We, we just we just all love her. She's great. She's an economist, right? I don't know if too many people are, are aware of this, but she has a degree in economics. So she is an economist by training, supposedly. So she has um, her swag. And one of her swag outfits on her AOC.com or whatever her website is, I don't know, 
But it's on her website. You can buy it. It says Tax the Rich. It's a sweatshirt, hoodie, you know, nice warm thing is. for the winter. And you can purchase this lovely garment for $58. So it's Tax the Rich, but only the rich can afford it. And I find yeah. this to be humorous, and I find this ironic because she's a socialist. She's not shy about that, but she's literally taking part in capitalism. Like this is a capital. This, I mean, so, there it is. And it's yeah, so here it is. Tax the rich. Dollars. Fifty-eight bucks. bucks. And let's be honest, folks, you're paying for the name AOC. It says it right down there. AOC. Well, what I want to know is what we're spending fifty-eight bucks on because I mean, this looks like a twelve-dollar shirt from Walmart that they right. put a dollar's worth of uh, silk screen on, and you know, I mean, are we going to see knockoffs of this thing for you know forty-eight a, bucks? I can knock it know? off right here on the show right now. Just let me get a, a sharpie in my my shirt here. But what she's what she tried to sell is is somebody I think it was on social media. Or she was somehow called out like this. Clearly, this is not something that the poor people out there can wear. $58 is pretty hefty price for a, <laughs> a sweatshirt. And she's like, but it's made locally. Like it's made in the United States by unionized workers. So she's validating the cost okay. of it. And it's like, okay, well, I get that. But at the same time, um, you're still... So she's, prom she's promoting a free trade right? economic uh, model, right? I mean... Yes. I mean, yes. she she wants socialism, Ish. right? But she still wants to make money off of capitalism. That, that's the crux of the issue here, right? Right. Because let's let's talk about the margin, the markup on this thing for reals. Mm -hmm. Like that that sweatshirt probably costs maybe what two and a half bucks to make, if that. Well, I mean, it depends on how she's doing it. If she's doing a print on demand, you know, she's probably not making a ton of money. They're no. they're probably giving her twenty percent at the most back, you know. Oh, I bet she's got uh, a but, stack of these things hanging out. But yeah, she went and had a bunch of them printed. Then yeah, she could potentially be making some bucks off of this thing. I mean, you know, well, if at she, least if this was a Bernie Sanders shirt, it would be you know we're gonna make you buy one and give your neighbor one for free, right? <laughs> right. But uh, True I mean, is she is she gets donating money. anything or what? Where, where where's the money going? You know that that was the thing is I didn't see anything about that, and so if um if one of our listeners out there knows more than I do about this, please chime mm -hmm. in. You've got the comment section there, but all she's validating it with is that it was made here in the U.S. by unionized workers, and we should be grateful for that because that's what she's trying to promote is work here in the United States. Which is cool. It, it, we should have plenty of jobs here in the U.S. for those who are willing to work. Um, right. But nothing about anything else. Now, it's an AOC thing, so it's branded. I'm willing to bet that her campaign is somehow involved in this because I don't think she'd mm -hmm. be doing it otherwise. Her name is on it, so it's branded her way. Um, so I think this is. I think the proceeds will go back to her campaign to get her reelected because yeah. she knows she is in a lot of hot water with her constituents right now. Well, you know what? I mean, tax the rich is a nice slogan, and it you know kind of rolls off the tongue, and and you know it makes makes liberals feel really good. But the question right. is, who is rich, right? Because you know if somebody making over four hundred thousand dollars a year is rich, right. okay, there's there's a lot of people that. Uh, would fall into that category that you wouldn't necessarily suspect, right? Um, and then, yeah. um, in my experience, when they say tax the rich, what happens is that the person that they consider rich always goes down far enough until they get the tax revenue that they need. So it may be that you may be rich if you make $40,000 a year, right? Yeah. And now yeah. they're going to tax the rich. Now they're taxing you. Yeah. And now you're pissed off because, well, they were only supposed to tax the guy down the street that has a huge house and drives a Porsche, yeah, right? Yeah. 
but, uh, but no. the reality is if you just tax those people, there's not enough money coming in to fund everything that they want to fund. So yeah. they're always going to lower that bar to get to the point where they get the tax revenues to spend the money that they want to spend. And that's yeah. the fundamental problem I have with a lot of these things. Oh, yeah. I've got an interesting uh, rhetorical question on our comments. Uh, I wonder <laughs> how they, the, I wonder how they'll ship it. Will it go in a truck that uses fossil oh, fuel? Oh, yeah. How are they going to get it there without right. fossil fuel? So that uh, means they got to awesome. tie it to a carrier pigeon and it's, uh, you know, it's going to make its you, way to you. No, you got to use the old Oregon Trail and the covered wagons. That's how <laughs> you we're going to get it. died of dysentery. You don't get your that. package, you get your shipping notice. It says, I'm sorry, your delivery driver died of dysentery. <laughs> For the, the Oregon Trail game just took a different twist. We right. just added I on. mean, that's the real life. <laughs> that's awesome. But, that was great. You know, have you used uh, the app called Shop? Uh, I noticed no. that some, uh, I ordered, um, all right, so this is going to take us off into a rabbit hole, but I, for the new house, I ordered some bidets uh, from that place called Tushy.com. Have you seen these or seen their ads? No. Um, so they, they have some awesome advertisements, uh, really funny stuff. They're, they're very punny, like <laughs> funny, but they use a lot of puns about poo and dingleberries and anyhow. So I, I bought these just because I'm a sucker for good marketing. And, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, with the new house, it's this toilet paper craze. I figure, well, what the heck? I'll try it out. It's only 90 bucks a toilet, right? Um, right. So it's not that much to add it on. So anyhow, I ordered these things. But then they said, oh, you can track your order. Just download this shop app or whatever. Um, and it turns out it, it integrates with um, FedEx and UPS and Amazon and all those kinds of things. And so... Uh, but but I told you all that to get to this part of the story because <laughs> it's telling me now that all of my deliveries are carbon neutral, but it doesn't tell me how they're carbon neutral. So I don't know if they're going out and they're planting trees or who knows what they're doing but or they, they're how they're getting that, to that. That's why. They're but they're telling, telling me that, so that's that you know that's got to make it's got to make me feel good, how, right? That's how it works, Chris. Yeah. When they tell you it, it's true. It's like if it's on now, the internet, it's true. I want to know if they're using electric vehicles in all this, because if they do, it's going to be very hard to say that it's carbon neutral because of all the lithium that they're stripping out of the earth and making big giant holes in the ground. And a lot of people think that electric cars are all this eco-friendly thing. And that's, you know, just because they're not burning fossil fuels. But half the time, electric cars are charged by coal burning electric power plants, Right. right? So I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, and uh, I sure wish it. people would do their research and really figure out uh, what's going on. So, but that would that independent research that's that promotes independent thinking, and our media <laughs> doesn't want that. That's not yeah. that's that's not how it works. Yes, no echo. That's somebody just commented. Yeah. On this so week. we're we're redoing for all those that are watching. We're redoing the topics from last week because well, I was moving and couldn't record an additional one. So we are, uh, we're re-recording the topics from last week, but we have no echo, so you can actually hear us this time. So speaking of uh, green, greenhouse gases, should we uh, talk about SpaceX? Yeah, this is cool. This is cool. So this is, this is pretty cool. Um, so SpaceX is fueling up at Starship for a high altitude flight. That's a really um, bad photo now that I look at it. It's what do you, suggestive. what do you think about this rocket? So what, what's your... Yeah, God, I'm, it's really cool that what what um, oh my gosh, what is the dude's name that's leading this thing? It just escaped. Elon. Thank Elon you. Musk. God, he doesn't. His Twitter twitting habits are really weird, but I, he's one of the smartest guys out there supposedly. He's moving his um, company, 
down to Texas. Well, that's where all the California business well, he, owners are. So going. I think that he he moved to Texas, right? That's the the I, big headline of this week, right? Was he he physically moved his residence to Texas? I think. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite clear on what it was. Fox News, because yeah. that's all I'm listening to now, because ABC drives me up the wall. But yeah, they were talking about how the I think as it was quoted, the smartest man in the world <laughs> was moving to Texas. Is <laughs> yeah. all I heard. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, he takes his business uh, to Texas as well. But yeah, well, I think I think he's going to follow. But I want to ask you about this rocket, though. What does this rocket remind you of? Um, that's what I was trying to say. With the the, the <laughs> photos not exactly appropriate, and I just got a text asking me the same thing because they weren't going to put it clearly weren't going to put it on the the open chat. <laughs> oh, they um, can. Come on, now we're all friends. <laughs> I was going to say the who, who are, <laughs> just just. <laughs> Come on. Yes, yes, it looks like a penis. That is not okay. <laughs> well, it, not only does it look like a penis, but it reminds me of the rockets that Wiley e. Coyote would build oh when he was God. trying to get the Roadrunner. I mean, doesn't this look so, like this thing showed up in an Acme crate? I went to you know, adult. Like, <laughs> I went to adult on that. I was child, child I'm friendly. <laughs> okay, because so clearly we can tell who's who in this show. <laughs> right, but no, doesn't the, doesn't this look like Wiley e. Coyote's scary. rocket? Yes, doesn't it? Does. It? That's I think kind we of, should. That's a little disturbing. Yeah. Oh, in fact, I would be I would be disturbed if it doesn't say acne on it somewhere. You know, it's you not know. going to. It's it's not going to. <laughs> well, That's we certainly exactly wish them the best in the launch. It's certainly never easy to uh, put stuff up into space. No. And uh, did you see the last uh, launch? Did, were you able to I, watch his last attempt? I just watched a little bit of it. Yeah, and uh, man, it's amazing stuff to watch. I mean, I mean, all the stuff that goes into a into a rocket launch is just phenomenal. I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut, so I you know, up through high school was really big into the space shuttle and learning about all that kind of stuff. And it's just extremely complicated and there's a lot that can go wrong really quick. So, yeah, there is. That's why it's all rehearsed and put together mm -hmm. down to a T and there there's, it's not like typical project management in the, the worlds that we live in, Chris, where you can right. go off budget, you can go off course, you can go off track and you know, that you still get the deliverable. It has to be delivered when you say it's going to be delivered. There's no if, ands, or buts yeah. because lives are at stake. Um, right. But I, I did, um, I did get to watch part of that last takeoff, and you know that was a big part of our childhood. Was, you know, when NASA would put a, a ship up into the air, into the, into outer space. You know, that was a big part of wow, that's oh, yeah. cool. So today it's kind of an emotional thing for me. Like I still get a mm -hmm. little teary eyed watching these things as they take place, and you get to be in the cockpit with the yeah. pilots. Like you get to oh, see yeah. the, the, the whole. The streaming now process. is amazing. I mean, yeah, because who would have thought like people were they still call controversy to walking on the moon. But mm -hmm. it's like, God, you can't. You, How you do you refute that? I know it is really uh, I mean, cool, especially awesome. when things happen that aren't expected. Right. And, you know, I yeah. mean, it, it's uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the moon conspiracy things are are interesting. But, uh, you know, I think largely they're not you know, a lot of people believe we went to the moon. And, and I think that we did, you know. Oh, I think, um, I mean, clearly we went somewhere. Look where we're going yeah. now. And I, um, I, yeah, I, it just, I still get really teary eyed. It kind of, um, I think that shows you the difference in the grasp that our generation has versus like my kids, mm -hmm. our kids' generation. They don't care about, oh, we're going up to the moon. Big deal. I got a Snapchat that got 15,000 <laughs> likes in two yeah. minutes. You know, yeah, it's to a whole them, different. Right. And, well, and, and, you know, back in the day, every launch was publicized like a major, you know, event, yeah. right? And now it's just a little snippet on the news. I think, you know, if NASA, uh, you know, anything, NASA should have a huge budget for publicity, you know, and 
Um, they, they don't seem to do this as much or as good at it as anymore. I mean, I think the space shuttle is partly to blame because it just became too routine. And every time something becomes routine, it becomes boring. And, you know, I mean, people forget how, how awesome it really is. So it, it is. Know. And I think, and that's why those like challenger and, um, the other one that went down, uh, somebody helped me out with the second, uh, the second tragedy that, um, when was they it were, enterprise? No, it wasn't the enterprise. That's a movie. <laughs> no there was a one that uh, the challenger exploded on the way out and the one that exploded that on was, the, way, the one uh, there was one that came back in yeah not liberty somebody help me out somebody on the audience chime in because you know which one that is but when those things happen you, you feel like it's very close at heart and you get really attached to you, it's emotional like you know where you were when challenger exploded and you know where you were right um <laughs> columbia there it is yes Thank columbia you. You yeah i don't know up. why I, I should know that i don't know why you would think we would both know that but no yeah we, did not. we should we're we are uh, definitely uh behind the, the times here you need to I check do. the comments mm -hmm. <laughs> diet pepsi <laughs> because they know I don't, I don't need no sauce to be be spunky i don't need That's it either saying. I'm not ex no uh, Jason is no Jason it was the Columbia thank you for changing the so nice segue back out of the doesn't matter who's all right so what. now we're gonna uh, so we should definitely talk about something else so we don't uh, tell everybody how bad we are in our space uh, space trivia here so oh, the no, next one that. I have uh, is about uh, some Israeli scientists have got some cool stuff here um, and they uh, have claimed to reverse uh, aging, the aging process, which is pretty sweet. It is. So it, it, it is. And real quick, again, if you're watching again and you didn't and you missed out, we are repeating some things because of the echo from two weeks ago. So yeah. bear with us and repeat your comments. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, um, so anyhow, they've figured out how to, uh, you know, how to make the, um, uh, you know, how to, basically stop the aging process through the manipulation of um i think proteins is what they were doing here yeah. but uh yeah. really amazing stuff and i guess it it opens up a lot of interesting questions especially some morale morality type questions you know i mean if you could live forever would you want to and you know i mean the planet's not designed for people to have an infinite life cycle so no. you know um you know does that mean that you have to stop producing babies because now people are going to live longer and you know the people aren't going to naturally die off at older ages you know that sort of thing i yeah god this is one of those things i mean and i think females are going to see this maybe a little differently than men at least openly they're going to see it differently because mm -hmm. women spend a huge amount of money in anti-aging products um youthful looking products things that'll keep our you know our best appearance Right. Um, you know, we have our routines to, you know, from when we roll out of bed looking like a troll to what we look like, you know, that pop princess that, um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how many of our female fans out there would buy into this and go mm -hmm. for it. I'm kind of embracing the aging thing. I mean, I have my skincare routine and right. I'm kind of happy with that and I take care of myself. So I'm kind of okay to embrace the aging thing and I'm looking forward to making 80 look sexy, to be honest with you. Um, but not everybody has got that kind of, that kind of desire and, and ambition. So, um, I'm yeah. kind of eager to hear what other people are thinking. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, it certainly, um, it certainly brings up a lot of interesting questions, right? I mean, uh, it's, um, 
you know, there's, there's a lot of different places this could go. And, and, um, you know, the question is, I mean, you know, what happens if you decide to live forever, but your entire family decides, oh, I'm not going to do it because it's too expensive or, you know, I've done my time and, you know, then do you become a, basically an orphan, you know, from the rest of your family because they're all dying right. off and, you know, and then, uh, you know, you have parents or, uh, having to watch children become old and pass away. And I, I don't know, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's there's good that can come out of this but it's certainly a slippery slope yeah it's it is and but i mean you kind of have to think about a few things i mean what do we expect as we look at our grandparents we expect them to look at if we still have our grandparents we're getting to the age where we probably don't but you know right. there's a there's a certain feel and look and it's a comforting feel and look to people who look a certain way based on their title like grandparents or great grandparents great uncles or you know whatever the case mm -hmm. may be and so um i know that i i mean i'm i don't look i know i remember what my mother looked like at my age and i don't look anything close to that so it's right. there's a lot of other influences out there my sister doesn't look her age and yeah robin you're right my you know my my cousin says our family tends to look younger already and so maybe we're <laughs> cheating that maybe we already got a little we're tipping our toes maybe, in that little maybe you got it anyway. figured out already yeah all i know uh, is getting old sucks because you know i'm i'm 42 now and i'm definitely like oh i cannot do the things i used to be able to do you know so i mean for me chris do yoga like yeah, i do and you can I, do all the things yeah you used i can't to do. bend like that <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I did get an i did get a new exercise bike and we'll, we'll talk about that maybe on the next show but uh well, i'm excited yeah. about that so I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, I guess if I was going to live forever, I wouldn't want to make sure I stopped my aging at a young enough age to where stuff all worked. Right. <laughs> and I didn't have to <laughs> worry about, you know, all the old people problems, you know, cause who wants to be 90 and then, you know, have to be on 500 medicines and well, or know, not even uh, be able to uh, comprehend how long can your mind hold out? Like they can make the cells look good. So one of our right. listeners, uh, Joni just asked, is it cosmetic or is it like vampires? They're literally reversing some of the cell aging. So it's, mm -hmm. it's literally just a cosmetic outward appearance, your mind, your organs, everything else internally. Well, I don't know which cells because the cells well, that no, we I think, see versus the cells inside are a little different. So no, I think what they're doing is they're they're actually getting the cells to stop the aging process, and so as your cells age, there's these you know the ends of the proteins. Uh, you have to go read the article if you want all the technical <laughs> stuff. But the, it you is know technical. the it really is. the stuff sort of breaks down right over time, and what this does is it stops that from happening. So, mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, like anything else, I'm sure there'll be a lot of money tied to it, and so who knows if they'll uh, this will be a treatment that you need to do like a elixir of life kind of thing, or if you well, just do it once and it's forever. But it can't be like um, a typical fountain of youth where you just you know flop a quarter in there and get your wish. I mean, it's yeah. got to be quite the investment attached I mean, to this thing. Well, I'm, we've talked a lot about the personal side of this, but what about the military side? I mean, you know, if you think about it, if an army can have, I don't know, people that are 25 years old that are trained for 50 years, and yeah. you know, that could definitely change the political balance in the world, right? So yeah. uh, definitely some interesting stuff to, to talk about. But it'd be interesting that uh, people go read the article and tell us what you think about it. Because, yeah, uh, I'd love to hear it. That'd be know, interesting. So. Well, so mm -hmm. speaking of the circle of life, uh, are you ready to talk about Baby Yoda? <laughs> We're going to do this again. Oh, God. We, Robin, we have don't to do start. This. <laughs> we have to do this. I know. You know, you're going to have to watch. I'm going to have to. I need to 
watch this. What you is know, this show again? What is this? The Mandalorian. Mandalorian. It's called Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. All I can think of is DeLorean. So I think Back to the Future. That's all <laughs> no, I man- can No, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. So, Mandalorian. Uh, basically, this was a couple episodes ago. Baby Yoda was on the spaceship, and they had a passenger who was a frog lady. Uh, and she had eggs <laughs> that, you know, were... She was bringing him to a planet so her husband could fertilize them, and the eggs were, you know, these little round thingies in the, in the liquid fluid, you know. Uh, and so, anyhow, Baby Yoda kept kind of snacking on them, and that got people really upset. I because, can't. Uh, I can't. I can't. This, this, apparently, the story, you know, and the story they were telling you, this lady's this like is the last the of the line, and if she doesn't get these eggs fertilized, like, her species is going to be extinct, Right. And here's cute little baby Yoda being like, I'm going to snack on that. So, so was it anyhow. cute? Like, was it like, oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. He snacked on it? Yeah, like, yeah. was it that? Yeah, I mean, he was just being like a typical little kid, right? Like, don't do that. And he'd go do it. And he'd tell him not to do it again. And he'd what go is, do it. And so anyhow. Somebody said Grogu. What, the, what is Grogu? Gro- well, Grogu is the baby's name. So in the next oh. episode, they <laughs> revealed that Grogu was was the baby's name. It's and, not a uh, name. It's not Baby Yoda. There is a no, name. No, it's not Baby Yoda. So I mean... They're, they're really setting this story up for some interesting um, connections back to the original Star Wars stuff, but I won't bore you is with all like that Is this like the never-ending story? So. There's just like no end or beginning to Star Wars? Um, like... Not really, because there's... I mean, it's the universe, right? And there's so many different places. I mean, so they've explored the oh Jedi part of the universe, and... Um, they've pretty much explored that to death, right? Um, but now they're going off in this whole other Mandalorian thing, which happens, you know, about 50 years after, um, you know, after the last movie. And so um, it, it's really it's really pretty interesting because it's, it's sort of an infinite universe. As there's a lot of places you could go. And, yeah, one of our commenters are uh, Disney wants to milk it. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> I like Star Wars. I don't want it to end, you know. Uh, it's, uh, That's awesome. It's fine so for me. Is- I mean... When did it's, Disney it's, get control of this? What is that? Uh, about? Disney bought Star Wars a while back. They, oh, they've had, that's right. Yeah, they've had Star that's Wars for right. a while now. So, I was a but little... uh, yeah, so the, it's really interesting though because the whole internet was just kind of like up in arms over this whole, you know, Baby Yoda eating the eggs thing, and it's like, guys, it's just a story. It's a, it's fiction. It didn't but really feelings, happen. Like feelings matter but, unless you're Ben Shapiro. Right, feelings but. Matter. You know, but it's crazy because, uh, you know, basically people are really invested in the story. I mean, almost like it's an, I mean, it's definitely a fiction, fictional story, but people mm-hmm. are invested in it like it's it's a document, like it's a, a like documentary. It's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty crazy. That's awesome. Like a documentary. Yeah. Oh. You definitely need a baby Yoda for Christmas. I needed baby Yoda One for Christmas. One of our comments came in. That's oh, awesome. Yeah. Let me, you know, maybe we should, you know, what we should do is we should, uh, we should watch, uh, I I, I bet we couldn't do this for copyright, but it would be great to watch this kind of like live and let you and do kind of like the mystery science theater 2000 commentary on it. There you go. I think that'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. We'll have a whole bunch of stuff to go with that. That'd be great. Right. That would be awesome. (laughs) So, all right. We're going to talk about this next guy and I know you got a huge crush on him. It's not a crush. So. Let's be clear. I just dated a dude that looked like him back in high school, <laughs> like very identical to him. It's kind of creepy. But yeah. Kinda, all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's see if I can get it up here on the screen. I'm going to get this and, book. Uh, so, um, Matthew. Yeah. We, I, th- I think this is one we should kind of read together. Oh, it'd be, yeah. It'd be pretty I agree. awesome. 
I agree. And so Matthew McConaughey um, is this. This actually, this is great that we are redoing this one because this is not his first time in the past couple weeks showing up at politics and being the bad guy. But yeah. he's Matthew McConaughey, so there is no such thing as him being the bad guy. Um, <laughs> right. But he, uh, I mean, he's written this great book. We're going to read this book, but he's getting into trouble with his own in Hollywood because he's not coming out and jumping on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about how, you know, um, all the mainstream media stuff that all his other Hollywood peers are saying outwardly and openly. He's sitting back and holding back. And he's pointed out that because he's not spoken out for certain things, he's kept quiet, he's getting backlash for it. And he was just on one of the Fox News people shows somewhere, and I've got a Fox News um, um, fan out there, um, Jason knows as much as I do. He was just on Fox News the other day talking about how he agrees that these guys, these politicians that are you know doing the whole rules for thee but not for me thing, that's not cool. Right. The guys that are um, not practicing what they preach, they're going off their rockets with abusing their power. And he's speaking to the point of, this is not how this is supposed to work. So yeah. don't expect me to hop on this train. Don't expect me to get on board. Do your own thing, and I'm going to call you out for it. And then they got Dean mm -hmm. Cain, super, mm -hmm. Superman from the series, I think, on TV. I can't remember which yeah. show he was in. And they were like, what do you think? And Dean's like, Matt's on point. That's exactly correct. Like, <laughs> I totally agree with him. But that goes to yeah. that group think thing where everybody's group thinking together and it just takes that one to stand up and say no. And then other people start saying no more and more and more. And right. so, um, well, I think it's it's important to point out that he wasn't born in California, right? He didn't grow right. up with the that sort of Hollywood liberal mindset. Um, and he's a big enough star now to where, you know, I think if he was younger in his career, um, he basically would just have to be, you know, would just have to shut up or he wouldn't get any work. Right. But he's, yeah. he's a big enough star now where I think he can call the shots and he's, he's kind of doing that, but he's, you know, basically said is, you know, he's confused with politics because you're saying yeah. one thing and doing another. And that's not necessarily how he was, you know, brought up, you know, right. and so that goes against his core. Yeah, it does. And it, and it should, because, you know, that's, and I, 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 there were some things, Oh, excuse me. There's some things brought up on, Facebook through um, our post where I asked um, some of our viewers, what do you think about these politicians that are breaking their own rules? Are they above the rules? Like cops are above the rules to go catch a villain. That's, you know, a real danger to society or whatever. And I, I think it might've actually been our, our listener, Jason, who said, no, you know, politicians should face the same consequences as their constituents, you know, and yeah. there shouldn't be any if, ands or buts. That's it. And, you know, that's, and there's something to be said about that. And I think he even took it a step further to say they should probably be removed from office depending on what they've done. And it's not like necessarily major things, but we're talking about these mandates where people are taking COVID very seriously to the point of life or death type of mentality. And you've right. got these politicians who are, you guys stay home. I'm going to go down to the French restaurant down the street and enjoy my life. <laughs> but y'all yeah. stay home. Right. You know, where, you know, is there a consequence of you need to be taken out of office because well, clearly I, you're not exhibiting, exhibiting the right example? Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger um, conversation here is around leadership, right? And how yes. leadership has really declined significantly uh, over the last, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, you know, I mean, we see it in, in corporate America. You read news articles how... Um, you know, it's the same story, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, CEOs or whatever will do one thing and then they'll mandate their, 
you know, their employees do another and it's people have really lost the fundamentals of what leadership is, yeah. you know, this, uh, you know, first in last out mentality that you would see in the military is, is not prevalent, uh, very prevalent in the corporate yeah. world. And it's, uh, it's really sad. And, and I think a lot of corporate leaders could really benefit by, um, you know, and politicians as well, corporate leaders and politicians could really benefit by, um, just getting back to some of the basic, you know, foundational pieces of, of leadership, yes. you know? And, uh, it, it, to me, I think that we've seen a huge breakdown with that and, and we've really seen some consequences in society because of it. So, yeah, I agree. And it's, and it's kind of trickling down. That's that trickle down economics theory where you start at the top and everything trickles down from there and leadership absolutely does. Yeah. So but I think it's with leadership, it's not really a trickle down effect because it's, it's it's more than a trickle, right? It it sets the whole tone for the entire organization. Yeah. And when you have leaders that are, um, you know, saying one thing and doing another, um, it, it really 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 impacts the organization in ways that they yeah, they, they can't even measure. You know. Yeah. No, so. I agree. But kudos to 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 Matthew McConaughey and the the few fellow Hollywood peers that he has following yeah. him on this this ideology of this isn't right. This isn't cool. Right. Knock it off. Mm -hmm. Try to try something different. And so uh, I'm glad he's speaking up and and he's got a voice to speak. He's got a common sense voice and he's very much about common sense. He's one of my favorite. I know he doesn't claim himself to be a motivational speaker, but he really is one of my favorite motivational speakers. So good for him standing yeah. up. I hope he continues well, to. Yeah, good for him. And, and hopefully uh, we see some more of this and, uh, and it'll be a trend that continues. So, well, let's uh, move on to the career workout. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder, lift and push. It's the career workout. So this week on career workout, you've got a topic here for us, uh, eight critical steps to creating empathy in the workplace. Empathy. So yeah. for those that uh, are not aware, what in the heck is empathy and why would we want it in the workplace? <laughs> So um, empathy is, you know, if you're going to put it very point blankly, it is the point at which you find a connection with somebody, you find a common connection with them. So, you know, for you and I, it could be that we understand we come from similar backgrounds and those backgrounds are pretty specific and we can connect on those backgrounds. We may not be able to connect on much else, but we can build on that connection and develop a, a well-working relationship, which is what we've done. And so... Um, and so some people kind of think empathy as being a hand-holding type of ordeal or walking on eggshells or tiptoeing around the sensitive, and that's just not the case. There, mm -hmm. there are those situations out there, but when you're talking about empathy, it means you understand where somebody is coming from versus what they're going through. And so um, a great way to put it is if any of you Brene uh, Brown fans are out there, she had this really cute little cartoon where a little dude is down into the hole and he's kind of stuck in this little well and... The other friend is like, hey, you want a sandwich or something? Are you okay down there? And it's that's like sympathy. Like, I get where you're at, but I don't want no part of that. And empathy is like you get down the hole with them. You're like, I know what it's like to be down here, and I know the way out. Or right. I don't know the way out, but I'll sit here with you until you kind of figure it out, and then I'll follow you. So it's just a connector between two people. And then from there, you develop a really uh, rich relationship. And so a lot of people will misunderstand that empathy doesn't belong in the workplace. And I think that it does. I've seen mm -hmm. how it can 
build on productivity and develop a, a healthy bottom line because people are empathetic to one another. Again, doesn't mean you're handholding or babying somebody, right. but it does say, Hey, I, I understand what you're going through. How can I help you? Oh, I can, or, oh, I can't. And you move towards whatever that next step is. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have, when you have empathy for somebody, you literally put yourself in their shoes and try and see things from their point of view, which yeah. can be really helpful in, in business. Yes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest in the workplace. Uh, you know, if you can do that with, you know, somebody who you're negotiating with, whether it's a supplier or another uh, employee or whatever, um, that's really helpful with negotiations and just with the personal, um, you know, with your relationships with your coworkers, you know, if you're empathic with them, uh, chances are you're more likely to get them to help you when you need it, right. um, you know, versus, uh, but it, it's, it's worth talking that it's not being, uh, not being sympathetic to them, right? Yes. Um, because when... When you're sympathetic, um, you know, something bad happens, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I mean, that that can feel like an empty kind of thing a lot of times, right? right? Like, you're just saying that because you're supposed to say that to be polite, right? Right. Um, That's the the socially acceptable thing to do. Right. So so being empathic is... uh, takes takes a little bit more work and uh, yeah. definitely takes a lot more self-awareness so let's yes. run th- run through these things here there's yep. uh, eight points on here there um, is. the first point is uh, rethink Re- how you listen yeah so this is very there's a common mistake that we all make when we're listening to somebody oftentimes we're listening to interrupt we're listening to respond so you kind of listen to somebody you wait for them to take a like a little small breath or you just jump in as soon as you hear something that you don't agree with and you try to get your point across when you're right. trying to develop empathy with somebody. And I actually, they, when I do public speakings about empathy, this is one of the things I bring up. When you listen, you listen to understand. You can get your points across and you can have your time to speak, but you need to listen where that person is coming from because you mm-hmm. might be surprised how much more you have in common when you do that or how much right. um, that you're actually coming from the same place when you listen to understand. And then mastering the art of asking questions. Um, we all think we know what somebody else is doing because we've been there, done that, got the t-shirt type of mentality. <laughs> when actually, yeah. if you just sit there and say, wait a second, that doesn't, I think that makes sense, but let me ask this anyway. And it's kind mm-hmm. of one of those things of, this may sound like a stupid question. And that's a great way to start it out, just to say, did you, I saw you do this, did you mean to do that? I saw you, yeah. I heard you say this, is this what you meant? They're clarifying questions, they're exploratory questions. And you may get the answer you thought you already knew. It's better to actually hear that answer versus just assume you're correct and carry on. And then you walk in your coworker's shoes. You just touched in on this, trying to come from their perspective, understanding what they're going through, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Um, It doesn't mean you have to go through what they've been through, but you kind of stop and think, if that was my situation, what would I do? If that was what I was going through, how would I handle it? Um, and try to get down to their level or get to their level. I guess saying getting down to it sounds negative for um, some yeah. of the new um, Well, and, and more importantly, I think it's important that you ask yourself, if I was going through this same thing that this person is going through, how would I want somebody to interact with me? What would I want them to say to me? You know, what mm-hmm. would I need from them? Um, those are the sorts of things I think that really help you be empathic. I think so. And there's, a, there's, there's kind of a twist to this. I remember in fifth grade, mm-hmm. which is kind of an odd thing, we had a substitute who was talking about whatever subject matter, a little off key from the curriculum. And mm-hmm. she said, I would like to think I would do X, Y, Z thing. And that really stuck with me. I would like to think that I would do this. 
Mm-hmm. So we always think we know what we might do, but when we're faced with an actual matter, we probably do something completely different because the emotions get to finally set in and, and become right. real. Um, avoid making assumptions. Kind of touched on this a moment ago. It's easy to assume you know somebody and therefore you know what they're going to do. There's some people out there you can surely do that with, but at work, you probably don't know those coworkers like you know your people in your home. Right, so yeah. Flat out ask them that way. If you're right or wrong, at least you know, and you can work off of that. Mm-hmm. Learn how to prioritize your problems. Pick your battles. It's as simple as that. Yeah. If somebody's leaving yeah. the grounds in the coffee pot, like the, the Keurig, yeah. which somebody used to do at my office, let it go. It's really not that big of a deal. Go home and yell at the kids at something <laughs> like that. Don't yell at your coworker. That's kind of silly. Yeah, or don't yell at your kids because they don't deserve to be yelled at over that. Just <laughs> I mean, there's that too. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. Treat your kids however you want. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a fine line there, right? I mean, you have yes. to definitely... I mean, there's times when you need to speak up and, and let your you know your opinion be heard or let let people yes. know how they're hurting you or, or that sort of thing. So we're not... I'm, right. I don't think we're saying that, right? But, um, you know, definitely pick your battles is, is probably what you're trying right. to get across here, right? And so, you know, if you're a good example, leave the, the... Maybe the break room you can leave alone, but if your boss keeps hijacking your meeting that you're supposed mm-hmm. to be facilitating, they won't let you facilitate it, that might be a good opportunity to have a conversation in private. Don't call them out in public. That's never right. a good thing. Yep. But pick your battles. There's, there's, and mm-hmm. if you're getting upset about the coffee pot, there might be an underlying feature there. Mm-hmm. Don't keep your coworkers at arm's length. Um, so I am one of the most private people at work. I'm very open and I talk a lot to people. But most people would be like, oh, I know Tara. She's fun. She's, she's smart. She's this. But they can't tell you anything private about me. And there's, right. a, I, I just keep it that way. I just, because I just keep things, I keep work and home separate for the part. Um, you know, especially if I'm not going to be working closely with you, there's no reason for you to have unnecessary information about me. Right. But if you're working more closely with somebody and you want them to trust you and you want to trust them and develop that, that sense of empathy for each other, you might have to share a few personal details, but don't get too personal. Like Mm -hmm. use some common sense there. Like you've got a few kids, you're a single parent. You're not a fan of your husband most days, but you make it work. You know, keep it light. Don't right. go in. They're not your yeah. counselor, but they can be a friend. Mm-hmm. Remember that. And people... this is this is a balance, right? I mean, yes. it's really kind of a fine line that you have to walk because. Yes. Um, and I think it depends too on if you know somebody from outside of work as well, um, or if they're strictly just somebody you know from work. I think that's that's yeah. a factor as well. But Absolutely. it certainly is a fine line, and. Um, you know, you can go hard one way where you don't share anything and then people just feel like you're a robot. Um, and then you can go the other way where you share way too much and people are like, man, this person is just a burden to be around because they're telling me every little detail about their life, you know? Um, so there, there definitely is a good balance there. I agree. Absolutely. And there needs to be, that's how, you know, you've done it right. Right. Yeah. So number seven is one that most people are going to roll their eyes at. One of you in particular, I know is rolling your eyes at it right now because I know how <laughs> you are, sir. Um, but pe- remember that people have feelings. This is not they do? to say, yeah, <laughs> they can. <laughs> and you oh, that can- sucks. Cause dealing with feelings really is hard. <laughs> so hard. I'm just totally um, <laughs> kidding. I know people have feelings. I'm not that person. <laughs> no, you, you do a great job at work, but there are people who, um, they can have feelings. They'll get mad and they'll expect you to respond to their feelings. I've seen several leaders that um, take up this kind of philosophy, mm-hmm. um, but they forget that other people have feelings. And so I, I, I knew somebody who would approach me and to get his way out of me, he would show me his angry side. 
Mm. And it's like, you can be angry, sir. That's fine with me. <laughs> and I'm how not well a... did that work with you? <laughs> <laughs> we so don't have I, to go into that here. That's probably I, sharing too much. That's on the well, too much sharing I, side. Well, I, I won't be specific, but I literally told him, it's fine if you're upset. I'm okay with that. <laughs> when you're done being upset and we can continue on this conversation, let me know. You know where uh, I sit. And I, I floored him. He, he just was not sure what to do with me at that point. And I'm yeah. really I'm kind of really surprised my now boss did didn't you, come up a conversation. Did you tell him in German? Because when you say stuff in German, it sounds extra angry, even if it's super I've awesomely that I, nice. I need to ask Bo to teach me some German because yeah. he can he could help me with that angle. So yeah. um, I learned then, a little bit when I was going to Germany a bunch, and uh, you definitely sound angry all the time if you're doing it right. <laughs> well, I was just watching Indiana Jones, and a lot of those guys speak in German, and they do. They sound like unhappy people. What is wrong with you guys? <laughs> Well, they're Why British not? people talking in, uh, in German. <laughs> not, right. I don't think I'm, I don't think a lot of them are real Germans, but probably uh, not. Yeah. But, so I mean, they look great. Um, last one on here is uh, accept that empathy doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, in all of the is, discussions that I give, and all of the the um, in the presentations that I give about soft skills, and when we talk about empathy, empathy is the most difficult skill to develop if you don't already have it, and it takes the longest mm -hmm. to develop, because it's it's you want to confuse it with oh, I have to be. I'd be nice to this person because they'll get their feelings hurt or I have to walk right. on eggshells. No, yeah. you need to find a way to connect with somebody you don't think you like. Mm -hmm. You have to connect with somebody that disagrees with you most of the time. And I'm getting right. to be to the point where I don't know if I like or dislike somebody as much as I don't align and do align with them is what I've learned mm -hmm. about myself. Right. And I find that I will find some way to connect with somebody that I'm like, I'm not going to share my wine with you. And if you know me, that's a big deal. <laughs> But I will work with you because I value this thing about you. So to yeah. give yourself the patience and tolerance to develop that sense of empathy because you're going to need it. And now I preach mostly to a bunch of IT professionals when I do preach it. And mm -hmm. those, those managers that I talk to, they want this skill more than anybody. So this is not just me talking. Your bosses want this too, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's fair to say this has been a hot uh, HR topic for a while, right? Is, is yes. how to get people to be uh, more empathic because for so long in the corporate world, feelings was bad. Like yeah. feelings was, feelings was off limits. You weren't allowed to feel yeah. right. Like just go back to the Christmas vacation with Clark Griswold. Right. And that's, that was corporate <laughs> culture really for the last, you know, hundred years. And so uh, yeah. bringing a more human side to that culture is, is difficult. I want to go back to this one, master the art of asking questions. Yeah. Um, and for those of, those of you who are leaders out there, um, I would encourage you to ask more questions because, um, you know, when you're dealing with people who are subordinates or, you know, people that are, that are work under you in some way, um, if you don't ask them any questions, um, then I can tell you for a fact that they're, they're going to, um, you know, rate your leadership skills, um, you know, not all that high. I think <laughs> good leaders ask a lot of questions. And I think that's where a lot of people, a lot of leadership can really improve because they've, they've gotten to that level where they're supposed to know everything, right? Um, right. It's okay to ask questions. Pro, you know, find out more about what you're talking about. You know, ask, ask details, you know, yeah. and, and really try to understand it because um, when you try and understand the problem from the other person's side, that's when you start to make that empathic connection. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. So Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, should we go on to our career fail? Career fail. Yeah. Career fail of the week. 
So we've got one here, uh, which is uh, do as I say, not as I do, oh, right? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I know this is your favorite dude here. <laughs> uh, he's he's so, he's such an, um, he's apathetic. That's what he is. He is, ap <laughs> every time I have seen him, I have seen him acting apathetically, and he's got a little crew that does the same thing and they're fine mm -hmm. too they they're yeah. they're at their they can do what they want but um this is one of those things when you are a leader and you expect people to respect you and to work for you and to produce for you you're going to want them to be empathetic towards you and this is very much the reason why um right. our very loving sensitive uber caring governor of <laughs> new york and I say, well, that I mean, to be fair, in the world. neither of us are in New York, right? So, correct. I and mean, I, we don't uh, have to be, you know, we? we're, we're, <laughs> we're not impacted by this, but, uh, right. you know, certainly it's irritating when they say, oh, well, don't go sit with your family for Thanksgiving. And then they go do the exact same thing. And I, right. this just goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, and, uh, it's, it's sign of very poor leadership. Extremely it, it is, poor leadership. It, I mean, I would say for somebody that is a governor, I would say that that's, that's something you should no longer be in office for. That that's treasonous. Right. Well, uh, you know, to almost to that level. I think you would have a hard time in a court getting him kicked out of his office. But uh, yeah, you know, so, certainly but... uh, politicians need to learn that you know you guys live through the same rules that we do. This is America, I, and we've seen a big shift on on the liberal side where um, they almost want to go back to where you know the monarchy of England, you know, and, and some of the older, um, ways of governing where the Royal class has different rules than, than everybody else. And this is, this is America. That is not how this works. You no. know, go back and read some of what England has gone through and continues to go through. I mean, Brexit mm -hmm. is a great example, um, of what's happening over there and how monarchy and politics, uh, this situation entirely um and this is i mean this is a couple weeks old but it's continuing continuing in the news today where you have governors such as gavin what's his face from california newsom thank you gavin newsom he did the yes. same thing right he did yes he yeah. does that was my reference yeah. to the french do as i say and, not as I do. and not as i do uh, yeah I, and then the new jersey uh, new jersey governor and these seem to be they're all democratic yeah. governors there is mm -hmm. not a single republican governor doing this and that's what i find really sad is that all of these faux pas that are being exhibited by leadership are all in the same quote unquote team. Yeah. You know, they're, it's not like well, it's a mix. It's all yeah, part of one it, party. It's, it's disheartening to see that for sure. But, um, I mean, it, it just goes back to leadership and it, and it's very, very poor leadership to be doing this sort of thing. And, yeah. um, I mean, you know, I, I feel strongly that even with, uh, you know, the affordable care act, right. Um, I, you know, Congress has different health care than the, than everybody else. And I think that the minute they enacted ACA, they should have all gone on it. Yeah. And I, you know, because Nancy Pelosi said, we've got to, we've got to pass this law to see what's in it because they dropped, you know, what was it? 900 pages at the last second and nobody had time to go read what was actually in the law before yeah. they were going to go vote on it. I mean, that, that kind of crap is ridiculous. They need to just go ahead and make them live by the same rules that everybody else yeah. lives by. And I think a lot of the things would be a lot better off in this country. I do too. I think if, if more of them lived um, in the shoes of their constituents to refer mm -hmm. back to our empathy, our um, side of the show, then I think things would change. I saw something on Facebook 
and I'm sure it was probably Photoshop, but it's a nice idea anyway where, <laughs> you know, with uh, with the lockdown, that should include mm-hmm. those who are in government. You still have to do your job, but you're not getting paid to do it. Yeah. Let's see how quickly things will change. Yep. And that's, that's one of the problems. I still have a problem with how much our politicians get paid to do not what we voted them in to do. It's yeah. very much, um, politi- politics have changed so much over the years, and it's all that's in the news, which, mm-hmm. made, which made me cry when you're like, you know, let's limit the amount of politics we do. I was like, but that's all that's <laughs> in the news. Like, what am I yeah, going to put well, together? we no, got to come up with something new for the people. There's, there's nothing to report on. <laughs> but when you're talking about people following your leadership and p- people wanting to do, I mean, the whole point of leadership is getting people to do what you want them to do because mm-hmm. they want to do it. Not right, because not because you're forced. forcing them to right. do it. Sure. And yeah. when you're telling people, don't spend time with your families, stay in your home, don't do mm-hmm. anything outside of your home, wear your mask, um, socially distance, yeah. all these things, but you're yep. not doing the same thing. It's like, well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You're sending one of two messages. Either the rules don't apply to you, or the reason that you develop the rules is of a no value. So yeah. which it's, which is it? It's You've crap leadership. So, it is crap leadership. I agree. So Spe- Speaking of... Of working from home, let's talk about some things that are useful here. Yeah, we can do that. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. So what I've got here are uh, 50 things that are, uh, or sorry, 29 things that are useful under 50 bucks to help you from working from home better. So uh, I know we have a lot of people that are working from home and not everybody's home is, (laughs) yeah, me too. Um, You know, we, you know, we may pop our laptops open on the couch, you know, before this whole COVID thing and nobody was really working long, hard hours at home, you know. Um, so I just thought this was kind of cool. There's a list of stuff that, uh, there's some truly useless stuff in here. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Um, but you know, there's this time cube thing where you flip it on a different side and it'll record how long it was on each side. So you can keep track of what you're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, things like this wall charger to help you free up. Uh, you know, make more room. That looks like something that was in the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. (laughs) Probably. It looks like there should be some sparks coming out of the bottom of that thing. There's a lot of lights. Um, Yeah, and then there's a storm cloud thing, which I think you had mentioned you knew somebody who had one. It kind of will will mimic the uh, the, uh, The atmosphere outside, outside, the weather outside. Yeah. Yeah. I gave one to Bo last year for Christmas thinking it was a great gift. I'm pretty sure he rolled his eyes at me. I'm not (laughs) sure he turned when he did it, (laughs) but I thought it was cool. That's all. Yeah. So there's a printer stand here, which is a good idea because you can save space on your desk. If you just kind of stick the printer underneath where you're not going to use it. Um, Then Rocketbook, which is, I know, something that you've been wanting to try and that that I've used in the past. I need to Um, get yours. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Rocketbook's pretty cool. It's an erasable notebook. If you use a special kind of pen, you can erase it with water. Um, and then you, it has an app where you can take pictures of it and then send the, the pictures of the, of your notes to all your different, you know, Dropbox or Evernote or whatever. That's so, awesome. um, anyhow, I'm not going to go through all these, but there's some, there's some fun stuff in here. Dry erase marker board thing, you know, so, uh, Wi-Fi extenders, you know, that kind of stuff. So and these are all under, you know, under 50 bucks. So, uh, you know, have fun. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. Work from so, home efficiently and for 50 bucks or less. Well, multiples of $50, right? <laughs> multiples. Pick one. <laughs> Pick one. Pick one. All right. 
on to Media Madness. <laughs> Welcome to Media Madness. So we've got a couple of books here. Um, mine is called Pitch Anything. And uh, I'm going to see if I can get it up here on the screen. Whoops, I'm on the, the wrong thing here. Get it figured out. You're the get tech it, dude. Get your stuff together here. Get your stuff. That's not the answer. Um, so this is a book. Use. This is a book I had to read for one of my master's classes. Ooh. Um, and uh, you know, of course, I'm doing a master's in media psychology, which um, nobody really knows what it is. I, I have to explain it, it to everybody. I know what it is. Uh, well, only because I've explained it to you. Hey, shush. Uh, but this. Uh, but it's. Uh, basically, it's uh, a lot of it is. Uh, well, this class was been around transmedia storytelling. And one of the things we had to do in our class was to do a pitch, right? So um, this book is it goes into um, the, the you know your brain and sort of the psychology behind um, you know how your brain processes new information and things like that. And so um, it's a really good book, and it uh, talks about um, you know basically how to how to um, arrange your pitch and how to do things in your pitch to get past sort of the uh, different layers of the brain, you know, because you have your oldest part of your brain, which is the reptile part. Yeah. And that kind of controls breathing and then flight or fight, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And believe it or not, to get higher order information to process in the other parts of the brain, you have to still get through that fight or flight response. Right. Um, so this is why, you know, if you start your, your presentation out with a lot of boring detail, you're going to turn people off because... You know, the, the brain just goes, oh, well, this isn't important to me. I'm going to, you know, it's, I'm not going to process it because it, the brain only wants to spend time processing stuff that it deems essential, right? So you have right. to build your pitch in a way that is exciting enough that your brain goes, oh, this is, this is good stuff. I need to know this, right? Um, exactly. So anyhow, it's a pretty good book. I would recommend it for anybody that does any sort of presentations or any sort of sales stuff. Um, it's really, uh, really kind of a good deal there. So what have yes. you got? What have I got? Let's see here. So my media madness is a podcast cause I've been podcasting like crazy to figure this whole podcast thing out since, you know, we, we have one kind of be makes sense to know what they are. <laughs> right. And so, um, if anybody knows me, then they know I'm a big uh, believer in emotional intelligence, which I know you hate that term, Chris. I, well, I don't hate it. Okay. Hate's a strong word. I just would say I would prefer we called it something a little more accurate. But, <laughs> um, but there is, um, I'm a big one. I'm big for emotional intelligence. Emotional agility is another great one, which is not the same thing as emotional intelligence. But to look at emotional intelligence, um, this is kind of a discipline of mine. It's a big part of my coaching and writings. And so if you know who Daniel Goldman is, he was one of the trailblazers um, 30 years ago when emotional intelligence kind of became a labeled thing. It always been a thing, but they, it finally had a name. And Hanuman, I think that's how you say the first name. Goldman is his son. So they are working together on this podcast. Brand new. Cool. So you can hop on this gravy train from the start instead of trying to go back and catch up. But they're going to go through emotional intelligence, you know, what it is, how to incorporate it into your life, what it means. Um, it's just a really great way to, you know, even for somebody like me who's very familiar with it, studies it, looks at it on a regular weekly basis, it's still a great way to, to exercise the mind and keep it in the forethought versus the hindsight. And so um, if you're not familiar with emotional intelligence, it kind of breaks down into four categories where you are managing yourself, you are managing your relationship with yourself through your emotions, um, 
you um, are aware of others and you are aware of the how to manage your relationship with other people. And it sounds like a lot and it can be, which is why it takes some time to develop it, but it's a great tool to have, especially if you are in a high stress situation or you work around really difficult people or have somebody in your life that you would sooner roll your eyes at than talk to. This is um, going to be a really great podcast to help you develop those um, skills. So it's okay, cool. just an all around really good to, and it's a, to I noticed it's a Kickstarter campaign, so they're yes. trying to get money to keep it going, or what's yeah. the deal there? So they, they did a Kickstarter campaign, that's just to get the mm-hmm. money raised to, to go forward with this project. They did right. a short, um, I think the first podcast was like six minutes, ten minutes, something like that. Kind of an introductory, right. kind of gets you hooked okay. in there. So yeah. you can you can give money to that cause, but if you're going to do that, you need to give money to ours too, because we are not free, <laughs> and right. we also need help. So well, we are technically free, we're just... We're just broke. <laughs> we got a for, podcast for, for people. For those of you that have a hole burning your pocket with your money, please know that we are out there and we are needy. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're just literally starting out. And I'm kind of surprised at this because Goldman's been in the business for years. Right. And I'm excited to see this. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes with it because we kind of incorporate mm-hmm. a lot of an emotional intelligence lessons here in our podcast and all of my writings and all of my coaching and all of my presentations have a ton of it in there. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I think, and then we actually, did you see that we had a suggestion for Media Madness, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson from Jason. We're going to have to look at that one too. Maybe we'll feature that. And make... We will, uh, we Jason, will definitely what? put that on the list. We'll have to make you come on and present that, Jason, now that you've said that. <laughs> Just know, Jason, you're going to come up here. You're going to write a book report on that. And you're going to present your book report here. So... <laughs> Be book ready. Report. No, I don't. I don't think we want to tell our listeners they need to write a book report. It's Jason. I mean, I know Jason. He's <laughs> okay. one of my buddies. He's he can do it. You can do it, Jason. We're, we're not that hardcore in this he's podcast. Flipping, just he's flipping me off on the screen right now as we speak. I'm pretty sure I can feel it. Uh, well, so yeah, that's what I got. Cool. Well, speaking of encouraging our listeners to participate, uh, we have a challenge for the listeners out there. And uh, as you know, we're coming up on the end of the year and. Uh, everybody, uh, has really kind of had a tough go of 2020, but, uh, yeah. we thought that, you know, there are some folks that have had a little bit harder times than others. And, and we know that some folks out there are really struggling. And so we want to put the challenge out there to the biz and mayhem, uh, audience to, uh, help us help some folks in need this, this holiday season. Yes. And, uh, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to raise uh, money for, I think we decided on, was it 50 turkeys? We yeah, want to we, try and raise money for. We're look. We are definitely. We're committing to fifty. We All would right. like to flirt with a hundred, but that's 50 right. Is yeah, our commitment. help us smash the goal. Yeah, uh, and get to hundred. Let us know how awesome you are. Um, and so we we're going to work, uh, and obviously we'll work through a charity here to get those distributed. Yep. Uh, we haven't nailed all those details down yet, but uh, we'll put up some details here soon on how you can donate or how you can help. And uh, I don't know, we, we may not do turkeys, uh, but we definitely would like to help at least 50 people this Christmas. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it takes a whole bunch of money to uh, per person, you know, to put, to put that together. So um, please help us help other people. And if anybody out there listening has suggestions on who uh, we should help, uh, definitely get those comments rolling in. And I think we should do this as a, at least an annual thing, if yeah. not a, a twice a year kind of thing. Oh, I think so. Because um, it's not just at the end of the year people are, are struggling. So, um, yeah, let us know if you have any causes that you guys support uh, that you're particularly fond of. And uh, if you have any suggestions on what we could do to help us. The initial uh, 
thing we're going to throw out there is we're going to raise money for 50 turkeys to feed people this holiday season. So uh, more details to come on that next week. We'll have, hopefully we'll have everything flushed out. Uh, I'll let you know where to donate to or how to participate and uh, we'll take it from there. Yes. Well, Tara, you want to close us out here? I can. Let me find my little thingy popper <laughs> thing that helps me know what to say because I haven't can quite your cheat sheet? this down yet. I need my cheat sheet. I'm not that good yet. <laughs> I'm just not. <laughs> Are we ready? I'm ready. Oh, hey, uh, we got uh, we got a comment Ooh. here from Joni. Uh, it says, uh, raisemyhead.org could use one turkey. Hey, nice. Uh, so we'll, we will definitely look into that. For yes, sure. we will. Thank you, Joni. That's awesome. Thank Did you. Your... Now, Joni, I know who you work for. Would they be interested in teaming up with us on this one? You don't have to answer Well, we here. can we can talk about that offline, I think. I was just saying what she could tell me just, later. Just read the end notes, okay? <laughs> the people want to leave. They got other stuff they to do. Leave. They, they want to go. They want to go. We're All holding them up. Then. All righty. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> So we thank you guys for listening to the episode of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. If you like the episode, show us a little love by posting a review on iTunes. And don't forget to send us a few bucks on Patreon or PayPal. We'll love you forever because it's not free to do this. We love you guys, but it's not free. To get the show notes for this episode, head over to bizandmayhem.com. That's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. And look for Season 1, Episode 19. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. And until next time, have fun in the mayhem. And we'll see you next week. Remember, 8.15 on Wednesdays, we go live. Join us. All right. Please. We're have a good week, everybody. See you guys. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or have been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.